Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and welcome to All That Matters, our weekly podcast, reframing what's going on in the world, searching for the good stuff in life, because we all deserve the good stuff. Let me ask you, these past months, we've heard much of racism and individuals and groups one of the ongoing problems we face how do we react to hatred to racism to being driven away by prejudices and threats and how does that impact our sense of being we'll be right back with that i'm so glad that you're here i've heard from a number of you over the past weeks this week i'm in the uk and it's been a remarkable opportunity to see the world again and at the same time greet differences that are taking place, uh, particularly because of COVID and the pandemic, but also with people rethinking life and how we're going to commit ourselves and how we sit in this wonderful adventure of life. So I'm hoping that each and every one of you will take a moment this week to consider this issue that I'm raising today. May it be a time of bringing deeper understanding of the world around us and of ourselves. The Dalai Lama, himself a certainly a victim of persecution, says that love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. He wrote that in The Art of Happiness. And I think it's a remarkable thing to say from someone who was driven from Tibet, who has spent his life speaking for the persecuted peoples of Tibet who seek to reclaim their homeland, to seek to restore a way of life and to live in peace. And that ultimately is the dream, I would think, of all people of goodwill, to be able to live at peace, to be able to live side by side with people of different creeds and different races, different cultures, and at the same time respect them and also recognize that we are enriched by the mosaic of humanity. And yet recently... um. Tom Brada, who's a BBC journalist that happens to be British and Jewish, investigated what's going on here in the UK and found that 2021, this past year, was likely to be the worst year on record in terms of anti-Semitic acts. He interviewed individuals like Akiva, who was attacked in his town of Bromley. He interviewed Hadassah at the London Royal Hospital, who has been called all sorts of names while she's giving treatment in the midst of this pandemic and doesn't understand. She said someone's race or religion uh, or creed would not enter into my desire to give them the best treatment possible. She said, but it's awfully hard to live, to be accused of being the reason there's a pandemic or the reason that... uh, Uh, Jews are playing a certain role or for something that Israel might have done. And 
he has talked about the mad conspiracy theories about world domination. And I want to address that here in this weekly podcast um, because the issue of racism, and in this case especially anti-Semitism as a form of racism, uh, has come to the fore, certainly in terms of cases uh, on the rise in America, um, as well as here in the UK and elsewhere in the world. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about a very famous Jew, Albert Einstein. Now, Einstein said the following, and I think it's very powerful. Quote, a human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feeling as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature and the whole of nature in its beauty, unquote. So that issue of compassion to embrace all living creatures, that would argue obviously against racism of any kind and anti-Semitism to be sure. And yet let me focus on compassion and let me explain that like all of us, Einstein was flawed when it came to giving it, especially to his own family. I wrote uh, a movie based on the um, life of Einstein fleeing Germany um, and coming to America. It was called Lone Traveler. For a while, we had interest here at the BBC. It has not been made yet, but I was able to get through the Freedom of Information Act much information, especially how J. Edgar Hoover had a huge file on Einstein and didn't believe this Jew belonged when he was invited to the White House. Uh, He did not want to give his okay that Einstein be allowed, but by then Einstein was so famous, no one could deny the president his invitation. But about Einstein, I discovered that he did not or was not able to show love or compassion all the time to members of his own family. And perhaps some of us can relate to that. We may show compassion to others that we don't show to some who are nearest to us. His first cousin and second wife, Elsa, he was especially hard on at times. And the second of his two sons from his first marriage to another scientist, Maleva. His son, Edward, was a good student, had musical talent, after his studies at the gymnasium, he studied. He started to study medicine to become a psychiatrist. But by the age of 21, he is diagnosed with schizophrenia. And this, Einstein could not comprehend. An issue from his family, from his progeny. Schizophrenia? To the world's greatest brain, this was incomprehensible. So Edward was institutionalized. His brother, Hans Albert Einstein, 
Einstein's other son, believed that his memory and cognitive abilities that of his brother had been deeply affected by electroconvulsive therapy treatments Edward received while he was institutionalized. After a breakdown, Edward had told his father he hated him. And Albert Einstein emigrated to the United States from Germany in 33 after the rise of the Nazi German government and never saw his son again. Edward had been interested in music and art. He wrote poetry, was a Sigmund Freud enthusiast. I'm in here in Hampstead where Freud wrote and studied. He hung a picture of Freud, Edward did, on his bedroom wall. Edward lived most of the time at the psychiatric clinic in Zurich where he died in 1965 of a stroke at age 55. Einstein was flawed. And yet he was able to come up with a statement, perhaps understanding his own flaws, that a human being is part of the whole called by us universe. As members of this universe, we are a part, Einstein says, limited in time and space. How is it that there are those amongst us who use that time and space to practice racism? Why is anti-Semitism in certain places of the world on the rise? Why is it when we are troubled or provoked or poked by life, we turn to blame others? The other, someone different by the color of their skin, by their practice, by their culture. It is up to each of us to recommit ourselves In the words of Dalai Lama, love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. And yet, how are love and compassion practiced in the face of racism? And yet, as the Dalai Lama warns, without them, humanity cannot survive. We cannot allow either racism, specifically this week talking about anti-Semitism, to lessen our ability to have compassion. We are part of this world, and in the face of it, we must practice that even as we stand up for the rights of people of all races, colors, creeds, to practice as long as we respect one another. And when there is no respect, we must stand. So I want us to consider this week, each of us in our own lives, what stands must we take? against forms of racism or prejudice in our own lives. And I want us to consider the possibility that sometimes it can take place in our own families. How do we approach it? How do we show ourselves compassion? For we too are flawed. And it's in the acceptance and recognition of those flaws that we are most capable of feeling our humanity, to be humbled, and to perhaps regenerate our own compassion for the world. Emily Dickinson, the wonderful poet, and very few people pay attention to her during her life. 
Now, yes, she chose to stay solitary. She chose a world, and was it a self-fulfilling prophecy? What was she? Did she find herself so um, isolated that she isolated herself? What role do we play in our own uh, situations? And yet, she rose up to reach out to the world through her words, through her creativity, through her poetry. She wrote, this is my letter to the world that never wrote to me. This is a week in which we must write back to the world with words and gestures of compassion for a world that needs more of it to combat the hatred and the prejudice we find around us. We have a role to play. What we have to say, like Dickinson, of our own passions and the poetry of our souls must be expressed. Compassion is our challenge and our North Star. For those who cannot show love even in the midst of pain and prejudice, and that includes towards ourselves, are condemned, I fear, to live without its warm fire nor its light. Here's to a week of more warmth, of more light. Here's to compassion to ourselves, to our family, to the world around us. Yes, here's the standing for what is right. Kindle more compassion, my friends, and let our stand for what is right and let our show of compassion contribute to the great work of life. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is all that matters.